Welcome into A to Z Sports powered by BetMGM. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us all over social media. We go live every weekday morning on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Also get us on Instagram and TikTok. We're Nashville's on-demand sports talk network. Got to thank our sponsors before we get going officially because they make it happen for us and they help out you guys. Renters Warehouse Nashville, the professional landlords in the area at renterswarehouse.com. Mandu, the Pulse of Fitness, where one 15-minute workout equals five-plus hours in the weight room. Mandu.com, your first workout is free. Wilson County Hyundai, head to wilsoncountyhyundai.com or check out what they have to offer in Lebanon. Quick trip up I-40, wilsoncountyhyundai.com and the Bone & Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. So uh, things that we're going to talk about today is the matchups that I think will determine this Titans versus Colts game. Neither matchup, Zach, has anything to do with the quarterback position. So just keep that in mind because as uh, several people are talking about in the chat, uh, Carson Wentz was out of practice with ankles, plural, ankles yesterday. Uh, So we don't know what his status will be for Sunday. Uh, Taylor Lewan returned to practice. We'll talk about that uh, later on in the show. And then we'll get some uh, of the trivia and what went on on uh, Titans Twitter uh, yesterday with uh, the guy calling the Titans thieves for using the Oilers. But these matchups, Zach, I think uh, they're pretty important because the Titans have faced two really, really difficult uh, quarterbacks to, to defend in the first two weeks of the season. And they gave up a lot of points, gave up a lot of yards uh, to Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray, uh, 34 points a game, a lot of points there. But this Colts offense, I think, regardless of which quarterback plays, will all be about the running game, Zach. And I'm curious of your uh, opinion about this because – Whenever the Titans have lost to the Colts, they have not been able to really uh, shore up the Colts' running game. There's typically been a leak in the Titans' run defense that has allowed the Colts' offense to make a play late in the game on the ground with one of their several running backs. And so my first matchup in this game that I think will determine the outcome is Colts' running backs versus Titans' linebackers. And it's not the Titans' defensive line is the Titans linebackers because of what I think whichever quarterback plays, whether it's Wentz or Jacob Eason, will use the Colts running backs in the passing game as well. Because Jonathan Taylor is a really good young running back in the NFL, had a lot of success last year, and slower start to this season, uh, but I think is a really talented running back. Then you have Naheem Himes, who Titans fans know very well, has burned the Titans uh, several times when it comes to to the passing game as well from the running back position. And also uh, Marlon Mack, who Marlon Mack I like a lot, but he was drafted over uh, with Jonathan Taylor. But the Colts have three legitimate running backs who have burned the Titans before. And I think why this is an interesting matchup to me is because Jayon Brown did not play last week. Rashawn Evans is in a contract year. And the Titans like him not on third down and not in coverage. And David Long has improved in his coverage abilities. But can he do it against running backs who are good at running routes, who are really good in the open field, and will be able to help out, whether it's an injured Wentz or a young Jacob Eason making his first start? I think that's a very important matchup. Colts running backs versus Titans linebackers. What are your thoughts on that one? 
Well, this is the prototypical make the quarterback beat you game, right? Yeah. No matter what we figure out prior to to uh, the, our pregame show, really, and I'll pub that real quick, come to the mainstay before the Titans home game. We'll be live for pregame, halftime, and postgame, literally walking distance right across the street to Nissan Stadium. But going into this game, this is the prototypical force the quarterback to beat you. Yep. And so that means, and I, I agree with you on this. I don't know these matchups. Uh, they're your matchups. I agree with the first matchup, which is you have to be able to tackle the running backs because they are going to use all three. I lost a prop bet on Hines last week because he didn't rush for as many yards as I did, but or as I thought he would, but that was because they played from behind. The same thing was against uh, week one against Seattle. The Colts played from behind both games against the Seahawks and the Rams. So that took away their running game, right? They had to get a little bit more pass happy. That's one of the reasons why Carson Wentz got hurt is because he was forced to throw. If the Colts were up by 14 points, they're probably running Jonathan Taylor more. So that I do think is a key to this game. Jayon Brown and Rashawn Evans are going to have to step up if Jayon plays. Now, I, I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, I thought Long stepped in uh, in a good role uh, against Seattle, but they're going to have to use its linebacker by committee, kind of. With Rashawn right. Evans, we haven't seen him take that step that I boldly predicted. We're, well, we're still waiting. Look, there, but it, there's a lot of games. But it's early in the season. There are 15 games left, and the Tides have played two quarterbacks uh, and two offenses that are not your uh, traditional running offenses or traditional football offenses. And when it comes to Jayon Brown, uh, he did not practice yesterday with his hamstring injury that kept him out of the game uh, last week in Seattle. So that, that I think is very important to remember as well. And look, the, these defenses know what's going on. Uh, you know, I know from a reliable source prior to the Arizona Cardinals game, the Titans defense knew that that was going to be a really tough matchup. I didn't think they I didn't, <laughs> from a source that you need. <laughs> no, no, that okay. they knew Kyler Murray in that game, not was going to do the, the things that I mean, he did, that, but prior to the game, they knew exactly what it was getting into. Well, look, going into this game, I think you pin your ears back and you get after these two quarterbacks. Car, if Carson Wentz doesn't have ankles, that's half of what makes Carson oh, Wentz. Yeah, I, I know. I just it was funny that you said per source the Titans defense knew Kyler Murray was going to be a tough matchup. Like, yeah, <laughs> he's just very difficult. Extreme though. And yes. what did they do? What what happened? What were the results? Oh, the, Kyler the Murray result didn't have one of those games that. Well, Austin, Austin, what happened at the end of last season with Arizona? Do you know? Well, they they fell off a cliff, and a lot of that was Kyler who, Murray was dealing with injuries. Oh, so there you go. So that <laughs> I mean, it does make a little bit more sense. Last year, at the end of the, the year, the Arizona Cardinals were not playing like they are playing right now, and Kyler Murray was no, not it, either. It, it was just a, a very captain obvious sourcing per source. The Titans' defense knows Kyler Murray is going to be a tough matchup. Yeah, yes, exactly. He is a tough matchup for everybody because of his. I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying it's ridiculous and very captain obvious of you to say this. Now that, after the fact, oh yeah, once we saw that, but if they knew that going into it, they they, they knew what they were up against. Well, of course they knew that going into it. Like you well, know look, how both you of us predicted the Titans to win. 
Yes, and we both wrong predicted and the, wrong. But so, we both predicted the Cardinals to put up points too. <laughs> I think that's that's the uh, okay. Never mind. We're getting off uh, off track here. So let's go ahead and get to my second uh, my second matchup because my first one matchup of the game that I think will help determine the outcome of this Titans Colts game is Colts running backs versus Titans linebackers. Now we'll flip it. The second matchup, Zach, that I have is the Colts D line versus the Titans O-line. And the reason why it's the Titans O-line is because we don't really know who's going to play. Uh, because Lawan might have returned to practice yesterday. We know Ben Jones is basically held together by duct tape. Uh, Aaron Brewer, who is pictured right there next to Ben Jones in that image, had to fill in for Roger Saffold, who could not return to the game in the middle of the game against the Seahawks. And what do we know about Roger Saffold? Roger Saffold did not practice yesterday with a shoulder. Ben Jones did not practice yesterday with a knee. So you've got Tyson Brylo Bre- Bre- did practice, but is listed on the injury report with a foot, as is Lawan with his knee, full participant too. So a banged-up Titans offensive line versus DeForest Buckner and the rest of his crew. It's important because of how many hits Ryan Tannehill has taken over the last two weeks and DeForest Buckner's ability to be a one-man wrecking crew when it comes to the interior offensive line that will, that could allow for some speedy Colts linebackers to play better against Derrick Henry than if DeForest Buckner wasn't wrecking the interior offensive line. So that's my second matchup. The Colts defensive line is better than the Seahawks defensive line. And now after what all has occurred, and we'll talk about Lawan here later in the show, there are, the Titans' offensive line has to protect, but Todd Dowling has to protect Ryan Tannehill too. You've got to have to scheme, and that's I, I, that is what really we're coaching can come in and scheme can help. Depending on how what situation the roster is in, quick throws, getting your playmakers out in space, you're going to have to be unique in the running game. And what did they do? They set up. And I, we talk about it 15 times. We didn't see that big run, but the 16th time we did, you have to stay the course. You cannot go off track and try to be pass happy early. That's not your offense. And it never is going to be. So like you have to stay the course. Now you can have some nuance and some trickeration and some play action to counter that, but you run the football. Derrick Henry is going to take you to the playoffs and that's the only man that is going to take you to the playoffs with this duct tape offensive line early in the season because of the unknown. You, you have to be smart, and the offensive coordinator has to help. And I think play action and run action is important early on because, like, you're right. The Colts know that Derrick Henry is going to get the ball a lot. But you can't Col- out-trick yourself. Like, Tannehill can't come out and just start passing. That, I think, is a bad idea. Why not? Well, you tried to do that last week and look what, and they didn't do it. And then they, what won. do you mean? What do you mean? You, that, you predicted that they were going to be pass happy early and they, they, they're not going to do that. They need I, to stay the course they, and run the, football. I think they need to, I think they need to throw the ball earlier than what they have been doing <laughs> because I mean, do you want me to pull up the first down runs early in the game? Like, yeah, the first down run worked. What on happens the in the second? That, what Zach, happens in the I, second half? Zach, the second half is going to – I don't think Derrick Henry needs to run for one yard, no gain in one yard in his first three first down carries in the first quarter. To Those be effective. continue to wear. Uh, Zach, time out, man. I'm not saying that you don't run the ball ever in the first half. 
I'm just saying I think I know, and the stats prove how effective Ryan Tannehill is passing on first down when he went 11 for 15 for 117 yards and all four incompletions were all four of A.J. Brown's drops. That was just first down on Sunday against the Seahawks. Now, yes, the stats ended up looking better because Derrick Henry ran for 60 yards on a touchdown on first and 10. On first down. On first and 10, he did. Yeah, absolutely. But early on, until that run, he was not very effective on first That's down. That's the point, though. You have Zach, to keep chopping Zach, away. My my point is there needs to be better balance early in the game on first down play calling. And if you use play action and run action early in the game on first down, maybe you just make the Colts D-line think a little bit longer so the Titans banged up offensive line or back up offensive linemen who are in there starting don't just pin their ears back and go after Derrick Henry that you kind of loosen them up. And I, I think loosening them up early in the game is a better way for the Titans to, to, to be more successful later in the game running the ball like they did in Seattle. Well, based on that scenario, they have got to protect against incompletion on first down early on in the game, and then they try to run Derrick Henry because you you can't run Derrick Henry on third and nine. You'll pull your hair out, right? So if he gets stuffed on second down, which would be a running down if you pass first, and if there's an incompletion, your series has been jacked up. You have single-handedly jacked the series up and your best player in the backfield. Well, That's not he, smart. Well, well, here's here are the completions that Ryan Tannehill had. On, again, remember this. On first down, Ryan Tannehill was 11 for 15. The four incompletions were dropped by AJ. Accurate throws that should have been caught. We all know that. Okay? Here are the yardage that Ryan Tannehill got on those completions on first down. Six yards, setting, setting up second and four. 13 yards, brand new first down. 15 yards, brand new first down. He scrambled for seven yards, second and three. He passed to Julio for 18. First down, pass to AJ, 15, 12 yards, 15, 10. All these are setting up new first downs. And then you've got a couple of dump downs to Henry for four yards and three yards late in that game. So again, like passing on first down can help you create new first down opportunities because of what you can get in the passing game. And then you loosen up the, the, the D line to allow Derrick Henry to have more space. Does that not make sense to you? You just don't want to get yourself taking, scheming yourself out of, of Derrick Henry. Okay. And okay. that could so, set up yourself okay. to do that. That's Look, fine. If it's so, the so first play of the game, I don't, I, I, I think that's a trickeration play, right? Oh, they're going to line them up. They got one wide out and you don't want to play action bootleg and you try to throw it right. deep. All I'm right. okay with that. Okay. So but by, you cannot by, do that consistently in the first half. Okay, so consistently in the first quarter, Derrick Henry has run. We know he ran for minus two in his first carry against the Cardinals. He ran for minus one in his second carry against the Cardinals on first down. His first three first down carries against the Seahawks went for one, zero, and one. So running the ball on first down early sets you up in second and long. <laughs> so it, by your theory, it, you're setting yourself up in second and what long. What down was the 60-yard run? First down in the in the fourth quarter, Zach. In the fourth quarter, I'm you not have saying to chop away. He's not going to get the runs. He couldn't get. You got to get the carries to get that 60 yarder in the second half. Zach, my my point is the first couple of drives of the game don't need to be handoff Derrick Henry left because everybody expects handoff Derrick Henry left. 
Maybe it's a play action or a run action, and then you if one of those goes up. for seventy five, and you now finally yeah, have the lead in the game. It. Stop talk. I'm talking about the first two possessions of the game. I'm not That's talking the, about the freaking fourth quarter. I'm talking about that. So I am not. So we're having. So why don't no, you? I'm talking about what you're talking about. I'm no, talking about not. the first couple of series in the yeah, game. Let's let's go back and look and see how many times in the first two series of the game Derrick Henry's run for 20 plus yards on the, on first down. Uh, a bit it doesn't uh, eventually work. based That's on Derrick event- Henry's history. Oh, okay, eventually it, he's never done it, but eventually he'll do it in the first two series. He's never done it ever. Zach, listen to what you're, you're, you're. I'm trying to talk about the first two series of the game. I'm you're, talking you're, about those. We're on the same page. Okay. How many times do we remember Derrick Henry having one of these big badass runs early in the early in the game? It doesn't happen. Derrick Henry is a slower starter. That's what happened. That's been the situation. There has been plenty. There has been. I would say I, I don't have the stats because I don't have all of the series over the last several years. But they have gotten up after a big run early on in the game based on Derrick Henry's performance. Typically, his big runs come later in the game because he's worn down the defense. I'm not saying you don't give him carries. He needs carries in the first half. I'm just saying, please be less predictable on first down in the first quarter. That's all I'm asking for. I'm not saying abandon the run on first down. I'm just saying don't be 65% run on first down. That's my point. Be closer. I think that's who you are, and I think that's what they'll continue to do. Okay, so uh, now let's get to our first question because we just have gone all in on this. Uh, which of these two matchups is more important for the Titans to win versus the Colts? Uh, we'll go over those matchups again, uh, but real quick, I do want to tell you guys uh, about our friends at the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. When you get hurt in life, which unfortunately might happen and it's probably going to happen at some point, know who to go to, know who to trust with your health. That's the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. They streamline the process. They have the experts and specialists to take care of you when you need it at boneandjointtn.org. Sunday, we will be live from the mainstay. Check us out right there. The mainstay is going to be rocking right before the game. You can walk across the street to Nissan Stadium. And we are presented by BetMGM. That is the title sponsor of this morning show and also the pregame, halftime, postgame show. They'll hook you up with, with parlay boost, free bets. They got you covered. Use the promo code ATOZ Sports for new users, and you'll benefit. Yes, no doubt. Uh, Rusty is telling us on Facebook to smile, guys. <laughs> so smile. We're talking sports. Uh, okay, fair, fair. This must be Rusty's first show. <laughs> yeah. Rusty, you knew here? I don't know. But no, Rusty's been around for a bit. I recognize the name. No, he, right. he had. So the question is, which of these two matchups is more important for the Titans to win versus the Colts? The two matchups, I'll go over again, that are my matchups that are not quarterback related uh, that I think will determine the outcome of the game. Colts running backs versus Titans linebackers, and then Colts D-line versus Titans O-line. So, Zach, I'll let you go to the comment section and see what people are saying. Well, I did see Rusty, our guy. He said tight ends. Uh, I don't know how that plays into it but Dom says uh running backs the tight ends I guess you can say the tight ends are somewhat looped in with the Titans O-line especially if Lawan doesn't go and we'll talk about Lawan shortly and if Roger Saffold's out then you need the tight ends and maybe Kari Blassingham to help out some of your reserves who are thrust into starting duty 
Dom says running backs versus linebackers. Evans has to be disciplined this game. He's gotten burnt before being too aggressive against uh, these these backs, these particular backs. Defense stopping the run from uh, Van Jeffrey. Uh, D versus O coming in from Jarvis. Offensive line versus defensive line from the uh Therone, as we we know him by Therone uh, never he never uh, confirmed his pronunciation yeah, well that's why he's Therone. Yeah. uh chris flint says o line first and foremost um the trenches all day from david running back versus linebacker from billy uh offensive line from the titans from donald coming in d line versus o line from guy man o line versus d line from david uh, dandy so uh, but Paulie D says linebackers against running back. So it's it is mixed. I think I think this confirms what what I would assess the matchups. I think these are the correct matchups. These are yeah. very important. Outside of the quarterback. We know that the quarterback is the most important matchup, but we don't know enough about the quarterback because Frank Wright and company are keeping that close to the chest. And and I don't know what Carson Wentz is gonna be. I Carson Wentz is a a gamer in the sense of he wants to do it, but he wants to do, he's too much of a gamer. Did right? you like, see, did you, you see got to kind of hold him back? Yeah. Did you see the picture of him talking to the media and he wasn't wearing a boot on either ankle? It would have been better if he was wearing two boots. No, but <laughs> good pizza. <laughs> uh, but um, no, I'm mean, like for, for Carson Wentz, like how the, my thought was, how quickly did he immediately go put both boots back on after standing up and doing that press conference? <laughs> I just we we don't know the severity, right? Like one well, could be mildly sprained. We, we know and one, one could of be them. We know severe. one of them. I want to say the right one is a high ankle sprain. Uh, one of them's a high ankle sprain. One of them's not as bad. But the fact is that he was out with ankles plural uh, is pretty crazy. And just I, like, can you walk into walking boots? Because I know. Those things are kind of like rounded and wobbly. Like it would be a very strange. You, you walk. You'll probably walk like an emperor penguin. <laughs> yeah, it would be very, really uh, strange. But hey, quick uh, side note because we're on that topic. Yeah. Do you think he plays? Uh no. I, I, I think it would be irresponsible to put somebody out with two bad ankles. Yeah. To play. <laughs> I think they're doing the gamesmanship. Hey, he may play. He may play. And then at the end of the day, they were. If, this is why Eason got so many reps in the preseason. If well, that was because Carson Wentz had that foot surgery. That's why. Well, and, reps. and Sam Ellinger got a lot of snaps too. Well, but yes, but um, <laughs> if you give a damn about player safety, you probably should not play a quarterback with two sprained ankles who is essentially a sitting duck in the pocket. Like that is if you're like, if you want to protect your player then you don't play Carson Wentz. That's just fundamental how I feel about this. Like you cannot put a player, especially at that position, who everybody is trying to go after, who cannot move, you can't put them back there. That just makes no sense to me. Yeah, I, I don't disagree, especially how the Titans played against Russell Wilson. and But at the same time, Austin, and I'm not trying to overstep, this could be the season for the Colts. If they start 0-3 and be 0-1 in the division, we talked about it. The wild card is not going to get easier for the Colts. It's, they it's, don't have any – they only yeah. have six more home games. Yeah, no, that's true. And, and they're about to – and it doesn't get easier on the road either uh, moving you forward. No, they got to play San Fran. They got to play Baltimore. Like, <laughs> if they, this could be the season. So, it's uh, – uh, you don't want to be irresponsible, but you have to be cognizant of the levity of this game. 
Yeah, David brings up uh, like what Shanahan did with with RG three uh, and putting him back into early. Now, I think a lot of that was RG three as well in Adidas, to be honest, of trying to promote RG 3s return and then got him back before he was able. Well, and here's here's the unique caveat to this: you kind of want Carson Wentz to play, so the Eagles get that pick. Ooh. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. You, and that, because what was it? If Carson Wentz plays 75% of the snaps, the second round pick becomes a first round pick. Yeah. Yeah. Fly Eagles fly, baby. <laughs> Go get the, <laughs> and the, Go get the, that the Eagles have uh, so many picks. Well, they, like, they, well, they're not very good right now. So they better get a bunch of picks and hit on them. But anyway, uh, so Zach, what's your answer? Which of these two matchups that we're talking about non quarterback is more important? Is it, Colts running backs versus Titans linebackers, or is it Colts D line versus a Titans banged up O line? I got to get go with health. Uh, it's got to be the offensive line. I think Ben Jones is going to do the best job he can, but I think he he's banged up, and Roger Saffold banged up, and Taylor Lewan he may be mentally banged up because he has not kind of gotten back right from that ACL, and it's not a knock on him. He just he hasn't been able to. It's like anything. It's confidence. You got to have confidence when you play NFL football. And he just hasn't gotten that game back underneath his legs, pun intended, or his knee to say, I'm, I am a, a left tackle in this league, regardless of my injury. And so he needs that moment. He hasn't had that yet. And, you know, the right side of the, the line, I think Nate Davis, I, I Nate Davis is, very underrated. Uh, I think Titans fans know what he's been able to do, and you're right yeah. guard, so it is what it is. I'm going to have to go with that offensive line uh, because it's the health of Tannehill. But here's what does make me feel better. Derrick Henry, and I think you can schematically put A.J. Brown and Julio Jones in good situations where the ball's out quick. Yeah, uh, Jonas says that the Titans' O-line is old. Yeah, they're getting old fast, and that's usually how it happens because Lawan Saffold, Jones, all over 30, all banged up, dealing with injuries, and all with contracts you can get out from under. Well, Ben Jones is on a last year of his contract. Uh, Lawan, we know we can get out from. Uh, Saffold, this is year three, so year four is his last year next year. So you can get out of all these guys who are aging but have been very good for you the last several years together. Uh, it, unfortunately, it's trending for that uh, the first-round selection for the Tennessee Titans. 2022. Offensive tackle, Iowa, or some, <laughs> you know, whatever it is, right? Yeah. That's, that, that's what it's trending to be because of the miss of Isaiah Wilson. And whatever Dylan Radins can uh, turn into. But you into. need more players. No, no, yeah, it's just, like <laughs> – you bring up Ben Jones. You said that you think Ben Jones is going to do everything he can to get ready to play. He didn't have a choice. Like Aaron Brewer is the backup center on the roster. And if Aaron Brewer is going to have to be ready to play left guard for Roger Saffold, then Ben Jones has to go out there and play. Now if, they can bring you get Corey, a new center to that point. You got to worry about snaps. You well, don't want to have to worry about snaps. Corey Levin is on the practice squad, which was smart. Uh, and they will probably, my guess is, uh, that they will activate uh, Corey Levin on the over the weekend to bring him up to the roster uh, for game day for security reasons of if you know may, hopefully Saffold can go but he didn't practice yesterday with the shoulder and neither did Ben Jones 
I, I, and I hate to bring up bad and old news that we've harped on on this show and for a long, long time. And and Jarrell says, call Dennis Kelly and apologize to him and his family. Uh, I mean, he's in, Dennis Kelly's in Green Bay, so he's right. also trying to win a Super Bowl too. Uh, that Isaiah Wilson pick with how Lawan has started, ugh, it is – we're not going to stop talking about that for the next couple of years until they fix it. Until they fix it and get solidified for the future, uh, that Isaiah Wilson pick is a massive black eye. And you just—it's not that he just was bad. You no, just he was didn't complete, even figure him bad. out. He was the biggest bust in NFL history. I I can't argue that. You can't I, argue that disaster, disaster of a the biggest disaster of a first round pick ever. Steven says call Mitchell Schwartz now. The, nobody else has called Mitchell Schwartz, so I don't know why Mitchell Schwartz is wanted. He he missed a lot of time last year with an injury too, so maybe he's done. Nick says his uh, buddy Schwartz, or his brother Geoff is the one of the most annoying guys out there. Breathing through his mouth on the radio like a buffoon. Just, oh God! One thing—that's a, a rule on radio: don't breathe in the mic through your mouth. You sound like a Neanderthal. But a bunch of people on radio are mouth breathers. Yeah, that's a different topic we can get into. I, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to go down that uh, road. But so my answer to this—that's a general that, statement. That's not that. that not doesn't every mean man. everybody. It doesn't mean everybody. Not everybody, but a lot of people. So, Zach, you went with Titans O-line versus Colts D-line. I'm going to go Colts running backs versus Titans wide receivers because why I think this is so important is because whether it's Wentz or whether it's Jacob Eason, those three running backs, Taylor, Hines, and Mack, can be difference makers in the Colts offense staying alive. And what do the Titans struggle with? The third down defense. And if it's third and four, third and five, third and medium like that, that those three guys, whoever's on the field, can be dangerous in the passing game uh, when it comes to the Titans' defense. Because Jayon Brown is the Titans' best cover guy at the linebacker position. We don't know if he's going to play. He also didn't practice yesterday after not playing on Sunday. David Long, we don't necessarily trust him to do that for a full game. And Rashawn Evans, we definitely know that that's not his strong suit. So could it be something where you're, you know, it's it's that devastating third down conversion on a 12-play drive where the Colts score points to make it a tight game because you can't stop the running back out of the backfield. Because that's what happened last Thursday night last year in Nissan Stadium. That's how the Colts helped win the game. Yeah, and they don't play the Colts well at home, which is weird. But you know, it's Oilers weekend, so maybe that'll give them a little juice. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, it'll be interesting. I, like, I, the Titans should win this game. The line tells us that the Titans should win this game. And based on how they played in the second half last week, they should win this game. Based on them hopefully not getting down 14 to 18 points should tell us that they should win this game. They need to go attack Carson Wentz or Jacob Eason, whoever is throw, uh, you know, throwing the football for the Colts, and control this game and get a lead and dominate. I ex and I expect that. I, 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 you, I think Titans fans should expect that. Yeah, for sure. All I right, expect so, that for the next uh, three weeks. Yeah, let's get to our next discussion here on the show. 
uh, and that's Taylor Lewan, who practiced yesterday, kind of trying to diagnose the situation of how you can get hurt pregame, like pre-pregame, and then be a full participant in practice on Wednesday. So that we're it's just going to talk. We're just going to talk through this, but first, Zach, tell everybody about Wilson County Hyundai. Wilson County Hyundai is where you need to go to get your next ride. WilsonCountyHyundai.com. They've got the Palisade, the Sonata, the Elantra, the Santa Fe. They have your perfect make and model right there at Wilson County Hyundai. Quick trip down I-40 exit 236. Payne Bone and his team will hook you up with a perfect deal for you. They'll save you money. You, you, you travel a little bit. It's not downtown Nashville by any means, but that also means they don't have downtown prices. You know, a beer on Broadway costs like seven fifty. dollars uh, You go a little bit outskirts, it probably costs three, four bucks. Uh, hey, they will hook you up with a good deal. They have a little bit more wiggle room. That's the best part. We trust them. We love them. And they'll take care of you with a great vehicle. That's WilsonCountyHyundai.com. It is e-sports. We are powered. Don't every- drink and drive yeah. and uh, drink responsibly. <laughs> yeah, fair. Uh, but, but also bet responsibly uh, and don't and drinking and betting. You know, it can be fun, can uh, burn you a little bit. But hey, uh, BetMGM, we are powered every morning by the king of sports books right there. Download the BetMGM app. Use our code ATOZ Sports Tonight, got a football game going on tonight. So here's what you do. If you download this code, ATOZ200, then you put uh, you put a, a deposit in, and a ten dollar wager on the game tonight will win you two hundred dollars if either team scores a touchdown. So that's all you gotta do. Again, ATOZ two hundred. When you download and sign up for the app, you put your first deposit in. A ten dollar wager wins you two hundred bucks uh, when either team scores a touchdown. Right there with the BetMGM app. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years or older. Must be present in Tennessee. And for gambling prop support, call the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789. Zach, we're talking Taylor Lewan, uh, who practiced yesterday, was a full participant in Wednesday's practice after missing the game Sunday. What's kind of your thought through this entire situation where I pull up the Mill Creek, uh, on Sunday, right as the news came out for the inactives, and I just go, you got to be kidding me. Like, this is just, it's just very dramatic. Uh, and then watching the videos, there was something going on Sunday, but then he was able to come back uh, on Wednesday and be a full participant at practice, not even like limited, just makes you scratch your head a little bit. I think the chat has it right. And this is four straight comments. Larry, that tells me he's mentally not ready. Marcus, he's still caught in his mind. Clayton, I think it's a mental game. Ethan, I think it confirms it's 90% mental with Lawan. And then there's and, more. And Don, oh, there's a ton more comments. I mean, yeah, I, a lot of uh, comments about the mental part of this uh, recovery. And I don't, I don't criticize him. For this, do, do, do you have to be ready? Yes. But I've never had an ACL. I've never played left tackle in the NFL. I've never had Chandler Jones come after me. So I, I do give grace to that point. It doesn't justify, hey, you got a job to do. But it has been unfortunate of the way that this season has started from, for him. And it's, look, I've been caught in this because, you know, in high school growing up, I was the loud, loud mouth, right? I was the class clown. I said what I, but when I, when you say something stupid, 
everybody laughs, right? Like you can be the funny guy. Yeah, you can be the funny guy, but when you mess up or you screw up or you don't live up to standards because you carry that that type of personality, it's double time when you mess up. And I think Lawan has just caught that case. And it's unfortunate that you know what makes Lawan great is his personality, his ego, you know, obviously his play. But when things aren't going right, man, the people come out of the woodwork to pile it on. And I think this is a circumstance where mentally that takes an extra toll on you. I think there's a mental game just can I play the way that I played before I hurt my knee? And then now you get scratched before week two. I mean, he see he has social media. He sees all these comments saying, you know, he's mentally weak. That's not fun to hear or to read. And that I think that's just kind of building up. Now, it puts a chip on one shoulder, and he has a long time to prove his worth and value this year. It's just week three. Yeah. So, and so there's hope. Yeah. Um, it's just been a really strange 10 or 11 days in the saga of Taylor Wan's knee, right? Because going into that game against Arizona, nobody was really thinking of it. Like it wasn't like a topic on pregame shows on ours. It wasn't, it wasn't like a, Oh my gosh, how concerned are you about Lawan at left tackle? It was more of like, Oh, Lawan's back. That's a good thing. And then it was a nightmare. And then Wednesday or Thursday, when he spoke to the media before week two, he was saying, you know, I ha- he mentioned the Whitney merciless game that he had like his second year in the, in the league when he got embarrassed there and he was able to bounce back from it and use that and play better, and, and learn from it. And then, so he said that midweek last week, he shows up not on the injury report at all, and just something weird happens, and now he's back fully practicing. It's just a, it, and then he stood the whole game. Me and you talked about this uh, off the show one day, I forget which morning, but like, you know, if you have a knee injury, you typically don't stand for three or four hours straight. And, and like, <sighs> It was I don't just, think it's a knee. I think it's around the knee. But, like but I again, think there. Okay, if you there's have a lot of machine, a, there's a lot of parts to this. Yes, machine. and and the ACL re, re, relies on the muscles around it: your quad, your hamstring, your patella, all the other tendons as well. And so you have to make sure all those are firing, so to speak. But but if you have a lower body injury, and by the way, on the injury report yesterday, full participant with a knee, so they're labeling it a knee. He was out Sunday with a knee injury. That's what it was labeled. But you usually don't stand for four hours if you have some type of leg injury. Yeah, uh, it's very peculiar. And and he just plays such an important position. Um, it would be like the quarterback being hurt. And this, you know, uh, you play, and, and the team needs Taylor Lewan. And that's why it's so difficult. You know, you see Titans fans in the comments and, you know, all over A to Z. We have, we literally have hundreds of thousands of comments go out each day. Like, it's crazy. And you want Taylor Lewan to play well. That is the best case scenario. Getting as much value out of the player as possible. And I feel like, there's like a vendetta against Lawan. Like maybe it's because of the busting with the boys. Maybe it's because of the stigma of the PEDs. Like maybe it's because of a personality. I don't know. But like 
Titans fans should want him to play superb, but I feel like they they kind of revel in his decline. Well, it's but yeah, it's because of what you said. It's like when you're when you're when you bring so much attention on yourself. But they're fans when, of the team, <laughs> right? But that doesn't add up. But there there have always been Zach. Uh, Titans fans who have been very anti Taylor Lewan because of he's an offensive lineman who talks too much, like the super old man, like old school, like get off my lawn thing of, you know, we, we worked with a former NFL receiver who said he was more like a boy band guy. We've heard people call Lawan fake tough guy before all over the place. Like he's been called all these things because of how he carries himself, which also is a, 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 a why he is, or why he was a Pro Bowl level tackle uh, for three years in a row. Brooks says on busting with the boys, they said that he hyperextended his knee pregame, and maybe he hyperextended his knee pregame, and that tweaked something, and he got a, there was a little freakout moment, or he thought maybe it was not strong enough with a hyperextension uh, that they went ahead and sat him out. I don't know. We don't. Nobody knows. Maybe I, I did not listen to Boston with the boys to hear what they said about it. So, and then two and a half days later, you're full participant. <clears throat> I don't know. After a flight, a long flight that usually doesn't make things better. I, I just unique. Like, I, it's it's so strange that I can't wrap my head around it. And look, the NFL and the Tennessee Titans set us up to do this. They set us up to assume because they don't give us anything based on gamesmanship or whatever you want to call it. And, you know, if we got to get our information from the bus, we get our information from the bus. Yeah. And see, Choice K Beck says on Facebook, no, it's because he talks so much but hardly shows you on the field. We want him to play good, but he seems to always hype us up and let us down as fans coming from Choice K Beck there. Well, the, the unfortunate part is, he missed a lot of games last year with an ACL. Yeah, he and, tore his ACL. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's why he hasn't been out there on the field. But you have to – you can't perf- – and I think the other thing really hurt, like holding him back is – I mean, I'm not trying to pile on, but that was an all-time worst performance at the left tackle position week one against Chandler Jones. Worst game of his career. There's no, there's no doubt. And so, I mean, glass half full, the sky's the limit, right? You can only go up. You can only improve. I don't think you're going to give up seven sacks, right? But he has to be right mentally and get to his sets, get to his spots, use his arms, use his technique. That wears on you. And then you got to trust your body. And then your responsibility is, and he's friends with, uh, you know, Ryan Tannehill, you don't want to get him hit, right? That makes you that that more weight on top of you because you're responsible for protection. So I hope Lawan practices fully today, is geared up and ready to go, and has a good, solid comeback performance on Sunday. He doesn't have to be perfect for me. Like if he lets up a sack, I'm sure we'll be critical at the time. But I will try, and I'm sitting here on Thursday, to take a step back and say, if he lets up one sack and has uh, 99% other really good plays, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because I think that's a step in the direction that he needs. And I I, I find myself, look, I got a love-hate relationship with Taylor Lewan. 
Sometimes we're friends, and I haven't yeah, seen he, her. In he a has while. a love hate relationship with you, and I'm the same way though. <laughs> I don't love the guy, but I don't really hate the guy. Sometimes we're friendly. Sometimes uh, we've said some choice words to each other. So, I, I, but at the end of the day, I don't wish anything bad upon anybody. I just want him to mentally get back to help this team because let's face it. I mean, I'm honest. I want the Titans to succeed. I have no dog in the Colts hunt. I, I give a damn about Carson freaking Wentz. I would like the Titans to succeed. I was born and raised in Nashville. Now, if they do something that uh, prevents them from succeeding, I will criticize because that's kind of a part of the job. But I hope I hope Lawan plays plays on Sunday, and I hope he plays well. Yeah, it, it, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> a report from Tom Pelissero just came out uh, several minutes ago about the Colts quarterback situation. Uh, so here's Tom Pelissero. And then we'll move on to something stupid that happened on Twitter yesterday. Uh, Colts practice squad quarterback Brett Hundley took the majority of starter reps in practice on Wednesday. He and Jacob Eason may both play against the Titans if Carson Wentz is out per source. There's still hope Wentz, parentheses, ankles, can play. Final decision may not come until Sunday. And then Pelicero falls up. Eason has loads of talent and a big arm but has thrown just five NFL passes all last week. Hundley has mobility and experience through nine career starts, all in 2017 with Green Bay. And Indy has until Sunday, Saturday to elevate Hundley to the roster. So, look, if you're the Titans, you would love, love to see Brett Hundley and Jacob Eason. If you're the Titans and you see both, if, if you see two quarterbacks, I'm expecting three turnovers. <laughs> that is what I'm saying. You get a pair of bad quarterbacks and then rookie, rookie in the next three games. That should be win, win, win. Yeah. I mean, Orlando says Hunley's still in the NFL. Yeah. Colts practice squad. You know, everybody's got Brett that Hunley from UCLA. I'm not going to forget that. There was once upon a time where I had Brett Hundley as a dark horse Heisman Trophy candidate. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I will never forget about Brett Hundley. And I that watched, was on radio. Uh, no, I believe it was early a, early days, A to Z. I don't know. Are you sure? Are you sure? Stop. Don't do that. <laughs> God, I can't stand that. That was terrible. <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I think uh, you would love to see both Brett Hundley and uh, Jacob Eason on uh, Sunday. Yeah, throw the kitchen sink at him. Pin yeah. back Bud Dupree, Harold Landry, and the boys in that interior defensive line and sack their ass. I mean, I think that's it's the old Bill Cower. Rush the quarterback. Yep, absolutely. All right, let's get about let's get talk about this Twitter bozo who said the Titans are thieves yesterday on Twitter. But first, let me tell you guys about Renters Warehouse and RentersWarehouse.com. They're the professional landlords in the Nashville area. Simply go to RentersWarehouse.com to find out how much your home can rent for. There's so many different ways you can use Renters Warehouse to your benefit uh, by renting out your property, doing all the work for you. Uh, long-term equity equals long-term wealth, which means you can get that retirement plan started at with RentersWarehouse.com. Again, they do all the work for you. They make it easy on you. If you're looking to rent out a home, they've got all types of property across the mid-state, perfect for whatever your situation might be, right there at RentersWarehouse.com. All right, guys. BetMGM is where it's at, and I'm going to 
you know, I, I put a parlay together because I had an MLB parlay boost. Well, last night, the first two legs hit. Cause, and I only did this to get to Thursday night. So, uh, let me scroll down. I got a handful of bets going, but, uh, <laughs> I got three picks. I'll just go ahead and show you this three picks, Phillies, Yankees. And then my third pick, how many passing touchdowns will Sam Darnold score tonight? I have over one and a half. That now is plus money because of the parlay. It's plus 269. So I put 25 to win 92. Okay, pretty this, good. Uh, this is not bad. Sam Darnold, I believe, and I, this would have been not, this wouldn't have been possible without bad MGM to get me to these type of odds. So I'm, I'm rooting for Sam Darnold in that particular prop bet over. I just need him to throw two touchdowns and I'll hit that. Bet MGM will hook you up. Use that promo code ATOZ Sports. That is where it's at. Uh, Sherlock says, as a Philly fan, you're playing with serious fire. <laughs> well, you, you know what? You are correct because I tried another parlay the day before because the Phillies were playing the Orioles. That should be a layup. The Phillies lost to the Orioles the night before. And so that's why I bet him on again. I it was three two. It was a one run game, but the Phillies came through for me. All right. So the Titans announced that they are doing Oilers Week. I, I forget exactly how they're throwing it, but Oilers Throwback Week uh, for this uh, Colts game. So they they put up on social media images, you know, wallpapers for your phone, and then some guy that nobody's ever heard of until yesterday. Paul Gallant comes out and says, you are thieves, piss off, and give Houston back its football history. And so, like, I see this, and I just think, like, how, like, dense do you have to be to not understand what what, what is wrong here about why, about how he thinks that way? It's And it's the simplest thing I can say, and I tweeted it yesterday, is when – my family moved from the childhood home I grew up in. We took the pictures and the furniture with us to the new home. And the people who came in after us, their family lived in that same home, but they did not have the history of my family. And when the Houston Oilers, who are a family-owned organization by the Adams family, left Houston, they took the pictures and the furniture and everything in the attic with them to Nashville. And that's their new home. Like, it's not a city-owned business. It's a family-owned business. It's not. That's not how it works. I feel like the old lady in the Geico commercial. That's not how any of this works. What are you even thinking about? Like this Paul Gallant guy is an absolute tool. Tool. And then he doubles down, triples down. Wow. I see the Tennessee Hill folk have taken time from their squirrel sandwiches and figure out how to use the internet. Uh, uh, congrats on your unis. When your state has been irrelevant for f- in football for 20 plus years, you got to take the small victories when you can and then hashtag Titan. So he triples down. This guy is from Seattle he, or he covers the Seahawks, but he cares a lot about the Texans and the Oilers history. I don't even understand. Uh, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me. It's, it, uh, I got to kind of, it's just bad. This dude is a tool. Uh, I think you got that correct. Uh, this guy I doesn't know business. He doesn't understand what business is uh, because this is, uh, and I thought your analogy was perfect, Austin. Uh, Thank I'll you. give you a golf clap. 
I give you a golf clap for it's that. It's pretty logical, right? No, it's very. And everybody, everybody understands that, right? Because everybody has had a childhood home. If it, whether it's been for a week, a month, a year, or 30 years, right? Like whatever it is. Uh, this guy is a Twitter troll. He's one of those, you know, gremlin creatures on Twitter that wants attention. He's hot take guy. He's trying to, and and you know what? He got what he he got what he wanted. He got the attention, but he's in he's a dumbass. But then ah, Jabu, let's just call it what it is. Jabu says to his point, though you don't see you do not see the Ravens doing that with the old Brown stuff since it was the same thing. Well, but again, like the the Titans were what for two years. The, the Oilers. Tennessee Oilers. They were the Oilers. And the, the Browns were have been recreated. Yes. That's and, the but, difference. But the 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 family the Texans who, are not the Oilers. Yes. But the family who moved or the, the ownership who moved from Cleveland to Baltimore uh did not did not call the, the Ravens the Baltimore uh Browns. Like that's just they, they didn't do that. That was that family's decision to not they wanted to start over. It just doesn't make any sense. Like I, this guy. I mean, he's an idiot. Uh, th- th- there's that's. that's I don't know all why there. he cares. I don't know why he cares. I will. I, I. I'll tell you why. If the Seahawks would have beaten the Titans, I don't think he says this. I think he's butt hurt the fact that the Seahawks lost on Sunday. I truly think that. I think if the Seahawks win by 18 points, he's not on Twitter doing this. Yeah, and 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 Ben, I think you're probably got a point. And Ben Hall brings up it's the same generation of owning family. Like Amy Adams Strunk is the controlling owner. It's this exactly Ben. Like you're on. Like it's like when uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Of, yeah, like, you move. And Dom's correct. Dom, you're getting the love of the show. He's like counterculture. It's like. <laughs> Seattle in the nineties, you're going to go grunge, right? When, if you go back and listen to grunge, that music is really bad, but that was counterculture at the time. That's what Seattle does, right? And he thinks that everybody in, in Tennessee is our Hicks rednecks. He's probably never been to this state. I don't know if he has, but not everybody drinks. It's, it's stereotypes, right? There are very affluent people in Nashville. There are also some rednecks, you know, in the outer counties. I don't deny that. But Seattle has its own stereotype, and Washington State has its own stereotype. But this guy is uh, an attention whore, and he's butthurt over the fact that his Seahawks lost a tight game against Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just I don't understand how somebody thinks that way. So, Zach, you have a theory on why you think the Titans are doing this, right? Yeah, so it's twofold. I think that, and it makes sense, I hope, I hope this is the case, but I think that this is the case. So it's the Ring of Honor, right? This is uh, Bum Phillips' history, right? He's a part of that, the pictures in the house. Mm-hmm. And he was a, uh, a, very, a historic figure and an icon for the National Football League in Houston for the Houston Oilers. And... Mm-hmm. It's known the relationship. If you go back, there's some great documentaries on, uh, what is it? There's a 30 for 30 on the Oilers history. And uh, Love You Blue, maybe? 
Maybe that. Uh, I, I don't, I think, it's, I don't think it's a thirty for thirty. There's multiple documentaries, that, and I've, I've watched one. Maybe it was a football. Uh, maybe it was on NFL Network. But it documents the relationship between Bud Adams and Bum Phillips. And so what they're doing in the Ring of Honor this year, they've got Bum Phillips, they've got Jeff Fisher, and they have the late Floyd Reese. And we wish you know his family condolences just because that that just occurred. But what I think they're doing is I think they're setting the groundwork of having an Oilers game because the helmet rule just changed. And yep. so next year, they will have a Oilers-themed game, and then they'll finally reveal the new uniforms. Now, that is, is my opinion. I don't, I don't have – that's not sourced, but I think they're setting the groundwork for that, and I love that. This is a great marketing move if, in fact, this is what they're doing. Code Blue hasn't worked out real well over the last couple of years on the field. I love the marketing idea. But when you bob and weave, you know, you're like Caleb Plant, you know, and you just got to get out of the way of uh, and not let your sunglasses scratch your face. Uh, but I, I, I think this is what they're doing. And if that is the case, uh, I, I think the fans are going to really like that. So setting the stage for next year and moving forward, having an Oilers game, an Oilers week, where they can change the helmet color, use the whole oil, Derek, all the love you blew uh, for one game each year. I, I think and it may not be next year. It may be the following year. It depends on the timetable of what well, they want They want to do. Well, the, the re- here's what you're saying, though, is that next season in 2022 season is when you can use the alternate helmet colors. That's when that rule lifted goes into effect. So. They could be going ahead and working on the helmet process and the uniform process now to be prepared for next football season. Right. So this brings us to the trivia question for today. Ah. Austin, I think you can get this. So this is a question based on uniforms. One of the things that I love, and I'm very talented at, if you give me a game in the last six, seven years, I can tell you the uniform combination. I'm very weird. I just know it. I see it and I know it. So we're going to play role reversal. I have a trivial question for you this week and shout out to Jim Wyatt for the bridges report. Mm-hmm. The Titans are wearing light blue over Navy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In the new uniform, right? Since they've uh, gotten the new uniform, not the throwbacks or not the old ones, not the throwbacks, but not the old ones, the new uniform, the Titans are two and one in this uniform combination. My question to you, Austin, is can you name those games? You have three games. They won two of them, and then they lost one. Don't look at the chat. I'm going to switch it off. I'm going to switch it off of the chat. So switch I it off of the, the chat. chat. The chat tribute. They are two and one. All right. With I think white I, blue over navy in their new uniform sets. What were those games? I think I know I think I knew the two wins. Um uh, I want to say 2019 Chiefs. That is correct. And I want to say 2019 Chargers. That is also correct. Okay, so those are the two wins. And you know what? I knew you were going to get those. Those are very memorable games. 
because Ryan Tannehill, that Jarrell Casey uh, thing at the Tan- end. Tannehill's was- first start and Bit Jeff Simmons' first start goal line situation and obviously the Chiefs. I, I just remember making the uh, Josh Kalou field goal wrecking ball video. Uh, and so I edited that. So that's why I remember that. The loss. The loss. Um, because they wore light blue over white the first time in Miami. Is that right? Yes. The loss is going to be tough because I, I, I don't know if I'm going to get it. Would it potentially be... And the chat has not gotten it yet, which the is The loss surprising. is tough, man. What about 2018 home loss versus the Bills, 14 to 7? That is incorrect. They wore white jerseys that game. Ah. The correct answer, it was a tough game, and it wasn't necessarily a memorable game because it fell short. It never made it to overtime. Ah, Steelers. The Pittsburgh 20, Steelers, Steelers. Last year. Yeah. Yeah. So you did good. Uh, two out of three, but that's it. Mm, that was tough. Oh, man. I really thought you were going to get it. I was really close. Yeah. I see it now. <laughs> J Rum. My ass don't even remember what they wore last week. It is a <laughs> weird thing that I, I it's, it's weird. Well, and like we do social media. Like I, I literally remember I have a visual of, the first like big picture of Jeff Simmons after his first game with like a flex because he sacked Philip Rivers in that Chargers game. And I remember the Josh Kalou and, and the Rashad Evans return, all that stuff from that Chiefs game. Um, so yeah. You don't remember the bad cornerback play from the first half last year. No, I do no, but I, now I do remember uh tip pass interception by Jayon Brown, and I do remember the visual of Goskowski missing the kick at the very end. And I see that now. So, but very good. Very good. I like that a lot. Uh, that was fun. Uh, not my uh, alley, but I feel like I did pretty well with it. Um, anyway. All right. Time for the magic bucket on this Thursday. We always end Thursday shows with the magic bucket. But first, let me tell you guys about Mandu, the Pulse of Fitness. One 15-minute workout. That's right. 15 minutes. Uh, it simulates over five hours in the weight room because of Mandu's full body uh, electronic muscle stimulation. Mandu.com, your first workout. It's absolutely free if you're trying to achieve your fitness goals. Maybe you're like 80% to whatever your fitness goals are. Mandu can get you over the hump. They can get you wherever you're trying to get to because the science of full-body electronic muscle stimulation, also the education of their trainers can team together to find the right plan for you. And Mandu is easy on your joints, easy on that body, your old injuries. Mandu.com. Again, your first workout's free. And if you mention A to Z Sports sent you, they'll give you a hundred bucks off your first month when you sign up. That's a hundred bucks off your first month at Mandu when you sign up. When you mention A to Z Sports, Mandu.com. Speaking of A to Z Sports, make sure you download the BetMGM app. I got another uh, prop play. This is a reach. Don't put a lot of money on it. Anytime touchdown, this is plus money. Philip Lindsay tonight for the Texans. I like that play. I don't know. I don't put a ton of money. Just kind of sprinkle 10 bucks or something. Anytime touchdown, you get some good plus money. BetMGM has you hooked up with player props, which I'm kind of obsessed with. 
because I've had some success so far. BetMGM, use that promo code ATOZ Sports. And for tonight, this is unique. Use the promo code ATOZ200. No spaces, ATOZ200, all one word. $10 wager wins you $200 if either team scores a touchdown. So you've got Carolina and you've got Houston. It's not a great matchup, but it's football, and you can win some money right there with BetMGM. All right, it is time for the Magic Bucket here on the show. Let's get this thing rolling the right way. It is my sticker week for the bucket today, Zach. And uh, we talked about this a little bit. Felt felt some type of way outside this morning on the second official day of fall with some great fall weather. So uh, the sticker that I'm going to go with is something I think everybody can like. It's almost that time. We're about to get a little spooky here. So this is the sticker that's going on the bucket today. Uh, getting ready for that Halloween season. I know uh, my house uh, this weekend is where the decorations will start to turn and we'll start to get some fall and some Halloween decorations going around. So that is on the bucket right there with a fun little uh, – uh, trick-or-treating pup right there. That's pretty good. I like that. Good. I'm glad you like and it. And Steph, I am like the complete polar opposite. Uh, Steph loves the fall. Everybody loves the fall. Like white white girls love the fall because of pumpkin spice and sweaters and all that other crap. Uh, guys love the fall because of football. I saw something today which made me crack up. It was on... <laughs> On, on Twitter, it said the temperature went from 90 degrees to 55 degrees like it saw a state trooper. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that is, there is nothing further from the tr- truth. I got, and I, I am, if you know anything about me, I'm a wuss. I mean, I got a, a hoodie at all times because I don't like being cold. Yeah, Dom says that he can't stand Halloween. LOL, life would be born without it, I guess, though. Like, why, how can you like not stand Halloween? Halloween's great. Yeah, I, I like it. I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not a ghoul goblin guy. I mean, that, that's not me. But I do. I like it. I, I participate. Yeah, I'm a big candy person, so that's why I like Halloween. All right, so uh, here we go. Magic bucket. This is for me. No, this is for me. Okay, this is for Zach. Ah, you haven't done this yet, but this will be the end of this. Uh, although maybe we'll keep it in there because I like it. Tomorrow on the show, which will be on location, you have to gel your hair straight down. Just straight forward. Oh, God, we're on location too. Yeah. Luke and I both had to do that while you were gone. Uh, Luke looked like he just got caught in like the biggest downpour rain outside. I looked like Peter Parker in Spider-Man 3. I look like either a weird pedophile guy or dumb and dumber Lloyd Christmas. Perfect. That sounds great. That's why it's in there. Should should we rip this up or yes, should we keep rip it up? So it's done. It's done. All right. This one's for me. Another short one. God. Oh, well, <laughs> well, we'll be looking weird as hell both together tomorrow because tomorrow I have to wear a scarf on the show. 
<laughs> so uh you'll be looking like Lloyd Christman and I'll just be like wearing this big scarf around my neck. That should actually be a really funny I I'm glad you I'm I'm honestly <laughs> glad you're doing that because now I got a partner in crime. You so know, everybody's I think, like I think this will be fun. What we'll is wrong with like- Zach? It will be like, what is wrong with Zach? Is Austin wearing a scarf? <laughs> I mean, it's fall, I guess. But. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? So that's actually, I actually really like this combination of Magic Bucket. <laughs> All right, nothing uh, nothing happened today. Just get ready for tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Aaron said, this is going to be hilarious. It is going to be funny. Uh, Jerome says, Austin will be Velma from Scooby-Doo. Velma doesn't wear a scarf. She wears a turtleneck. I already did the turtleneck last week. Uh, but also yeah, Pat. Remember who Velma, what Velma? Yeah, she does wear a turtleneck. Well, the reason is because we were actually talking with some friends about being the Scooby Doo crew for Halloween uh, this year, maybe, um, and all playing our roles. Uh, but anyway, uh, so uh, Pat. Well, asked, okay, okay. Here's a good question, and I'm just looking it up. Yeah. Who is the? Uh, how do I describe this? Who is the character from Scooby Doo? Who's the blonde-headed guy? Not Fred. Shaggy. Fred. Duh. I, if you would have asked me that, I wouldn't have gotten it. I didn't even realize his name's Fred Jones. <laughs> I didn't know his last name. Who knew? Who cares about his last name? But yeah, Fred. Obviously. And, and J. Rub's right. He wears an ascot. Yeah, Fred and his ascot. Absolutely. He's and he drives the Mean Machine. Everybody knows this. What are you doing, Zach? I, I, I Scooby. I, I, I honestly kind of thought they were annoying. Uh, I just, and I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not like, Oh, I'm so much better that I'm not saying that. I just thought that they were annoying. It's just like one of those. I liked like power Rangers, which people can make fun of me for that back in the day. So like, I, I just thought I was never like, I'm not drawn to Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo is great. Nobody likes Fred though. Fred's kind of an ass. Yeah, I never watched it. Really. And it was the, the mystery machine. I said, I said, mean machine. The mystery it's, machine. It's the team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just haven't thought about Scooby Doo, uh, the vehicle in a while. But the yeah. mean machine. The mean machine. That's that is a ve- that is something in a movie. The mean machine. Uh, no, I'm not going as Fred. And I and also like I like Mighty Morphin or not Mighty Morphin. I like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Big Turtles guy. Same. Yep. Yep. I liked it all. Power Rangers, Scooby Doo. Ninja Turtles. Man, I love looking back at those days and realizing I had zero responsibility at that time. Now I have a ton of responsibility. (laughs) You just had to get ready for, uh, yeah, the mean machine was in the longest yard. That was the, that was the nickname of the convict football team. That's right. (laughs) So I knew it was something. Come on, give me a break. All right, guys. Uh, we will see you tomorrow morning live on location, uh, with, uh, Zach looking, like a goof and me wearing a scarf, but it'll be fun. And Pat will tell you about our Florida Tennessee pick tomorrow. As we talk some college football and get ready for the sec weekend. We'll see you guys then have a good one. Peace out. Uh, Adios.